0: Screw I'm rolling. it, screw it, like, it we're just it. going to talk about Spider-Man. Thank you, Louise. All right, I'm ready. Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about Spider-Man. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Hines. I'm your other host, Will Hines. Uh, that makes two total hosts uh, for one <laughs> podcast. I think yeah, that's, that's a, a good great number. value. Yeah, yeah, two, two for the price of one. Yeah. Uh, and this is the podcast where we talk about the original Spider-Man comics by the, his original creators, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. That's right. Steve did the art. Stan did the. Um writing although they really co-plotted and stan would do the dialogue blah 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 they were a team yeah it's a duo uh and they did roughly i think we said 41 issues uh including Uh that includes amazing fantasy 15 and a couple of annuals we're getting real close to the first annual will i know i'm excited that's uh not next week but the week after uh, we'll get to that, assuming we don't do anything weird. Um, I think it's the next week. Uh, next week is Daredevil, and then we're doing the annual after that. They come uh, this this issue advertises both of them at the end of it. Yeah, uh, but most things I've seen list the annual after issue sixteen. Well, I'm reading um, the compilation. You got me the Great Power yeah. compilation, and they stick the ann- it has the annual after this issue. Oh, then let's do it that way. So I think it's next week. Okay. This uh, Get ready, everybody. Uh, we're filled with mistakes already. We're a minute in. <laughs> that That's what makes this podcast human. Yeah. Like, if we had all of our information ready to go, I think we'd be inaccessible. I think people would be freaked out. And now think, they know that we are mortal. Yeah. Do you think people have noticed that we are, have not read any of these comics? We're just sort of making stuff up as we go along? I hope not. I don't even know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. I've never heard of him. <laughs> no, we're more... Um, uh, Kevin. Yeah, we're more fans sweet- of uh, uh, just Hercule Poirot, po- 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 po, right? We just uh, murder on the Orient, things like that. That's more our style. Yeah, yeah. Agatha Christie stuff. That's where we. That's where we go crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a Miss Marple fan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, make my uh, Kevin, we got a great issue this week. Yeah, I thought this issue was fantastic. Me too. I love it. Uh, this is issue fifteen, and the villain is Craven the Hunter. <laughs> yeah, he's at both one of the most ridiculous villains and also one of yeah. the best. I think like that's just the magic combo for these old these old Marvel comics. Like it's the sixties; uh, it, it's dated. Nothing's gonna seem totally cool in the modern age. So there's always a little bit of ridiculousness, but there also is just legitimate fun, good action um it's it's he's great he's i think to me he's one of the all-time great spider-man villains yeah, I mean he's a classic, and uh, he's had some great later stories, later era stories, which I think help. I mean, solidify yeah, him. He's uh, one of our one of our favorite stories ever from the '80s. Uh, yeah, um, and maybe some somehow we'll cover that at some point, or at least talk about it more in detail. And I'm talking about Craven's uh, Last Hunt by uh, yeah, J.M. Dematteis is uh, the writer. I forget who the artist is, and it came out like it's, around. I think night. it might be Mike Back. Uh, yeah, it could be. He was drawn a lot then, and this. Um, This came out like 83 or 84 or something like that. Yeah, it's and it's great. Um, So uh, but this is the first appearance of Craven and uh, it's great. So um, um, let's get into our segments, Kevin. I'm ready. Yeah, it's Mike Zack. I'm just confirming that he was the artist. I'm glad I remember that correctly. Nice. Uh, That makes up for my terrible annual mistake yeah i you'll no one will ever let you live that one down uh yeah let's talk about the cover real quick before we get into other um segments that we have nothing to talk about during yeah this is a great cover yeah uh, it's got a cool background uh there's a lot of action happening it really tells you Exactly what to expect, yep. including a special guest star, the, your favorite villain, will the Chameleon, uh, one of the worst villains we've had so far. They brought him back. Yeah, he's uh, forever more after this connected to Craven. Like they are, they may be related. That's weird. Like I mean, they're definitely boosting Chameleon's status to attach him to Craven. Chameleon is this ridiculous villain who was an amazing Spider-Man issue number one. Right? Am I getting that right? Uh, yes. And um, the uh, amazing Spider-Man one, after the, his first real villain. Yes, and uh, one of the main. Yeah. He's Craven's brother. It's later... They are later connected as brothers. Well, that makes sense how tied that, because in this issue it's kind of arbitrary. And um, yeah. in the in Chameleon's first appearance they make a big deal and he's a master of disguise. That's his thing. That's right. And he's able to do that because he has a multi-pocketed vest. That's like one of the big story points in issue number one. They don't mention the multi-pocketed vest in this issue. They've realized that sounds dumb. Yeah, not only do they mention it, they don't show it. He mostly walks around in like a bulky robe. He gets real, um, he's, he's real like, you know, long cigarette style evil villain you know like rich guy in a mansion uh you know inviting people to his estate to murder sort of guy yeah i mean he pulls it off he's better as like a manipulator than a direct threat i guess it's an upgrade he's uh, they've upgraded him here in this issue anyway i love this cover yeah it's a good cover and it's a great issue um do we have any podcast or spider-man news well i don't think we do i don't think so either so let's move on past that good segment Um, what's next (laughs) Great. Uh, uh, Let's talk about what's going on. I'm going to tell you something that's going on in current Marvel Spider-Man comics. I'm ready. And you'll just tell me what you think about it. Gotcha. So uh, I've updated you on Aunt May. That's right. And uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. As well as uh, Norman Osborn, I think I talked about. Yep, you did. uh, As well as Peter Parker's general status. Now I'm going to talk to you about Liz Allen. Wow. Okay. So Liz Allen is still part of the story. Yeah, she's still part of the story because uh, over the years, and I think, you know, some of this, she married Harry osborne that's right um but he became a green goblin yeah and which also a, died and was unkilled all of those things are strains on a marriage yeah uh they had a kid together normie nice they named him after the green goblin <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's better than you calling him not, gobby sure it, it definitely is um her brother uh spoiler alert turns out to be the molten man i think we might be might even realize that during the Ditko issues when molten man shows up cool um on top of that, she uh, is a, a, a molten man and her basically are in the family for this chemical company. Do you okay. know all that stuff? I did not know that. Okay, so that's all true. Uh, in the current comics, her company has merged with another, a couple other corporations to become a company called Alchemax. Okay. Which is uh, known to me as the evil company from Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> all right. A surprisingly great comic that took place in the year 2099. I heard about it. Never Uh, read it. Yeah, it's great. It's written by Peter David uh, with art by Rick Leonardi. Uh, So it's really good. Um, Way better than it should be for the gimmicky nature of it. But anyway, Alchemax was sort of the evil corporation from that future world. Uh, She's running that company now and maybe working with Norman Osborn. Wow. Liz Allen may be a villain, or at the very least, very gray. That's exciting. Yeah. She's a CEO. Well, she's a villain in this issue too, because she's going after Peter Parker's heart when he's dating Betty (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah. Do you see the CEO in her, though, in this issue? It's not. It's very well hidden. (laughs) Yeah. It's a slow build. Um, Anyway, that's what's going on in uh, Spider-Man comics today. I love that you're still reading them. Like, I pretty much stopped after high school. Uh, I mean, I still read comics, but I kind of backed away from superhero comics for a while and there wasn't an easy place to get them where I went to college. So it was kind of a convenient way to drop them. And I love that you kept doing it. Yeah. There's stretches where I didn't read it or I stopped reading it and then I would pick up again and then I would drop and pick up again. But, uh, I've been reading them pretty consistently for a while now. I don't know if I ever told you this, but like when I first moved to New York City, which was in 1996, and I think you were still in college or just about to graduate. Co- no, you just graduated college. Uh, I didn't okay. graduated I graduated in 97. Okay. So, uh, but it was, um, I had an email account and I would email you, uh, we would talk about comics, but I really wasn't reading them that much anymore. And I finally started buying them again. A comic book store was right next to my apartment in New York City where I moved. And so I... Uh, started buying them just to uh, to talk to you more about comics. Like I remember buying the Thunderbolts. Um, great comic. And, uh, the, the, um, amazing fantasy comics that came out at that time. They like, they continued amazing fantasy and then untold right, tales sort of, and then untold tales of yeah, that sort of almost was part of untold tales. Cause it was also written by Kurt Busiek. Um, uh, he wrote the amazing fantasy three issues as well as untold tales. Yeah. Sort of like lost tales from Spidey's youth. Uh, yeah, those are still, so, still, so, so great. So, um, well, I'm sorry to to have made you spend money no, on things I, maybe you weren't interested in. I loved it. I loved it. I was I was glad to reconnect. And the comic book store where I went, which was up around uh, Broadway and 93rd Street uh, in Manhattan, had a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one framed behind the counter, and I was always like, "Damn, dude." Uh, And is this your way of telling me you got me an early Christmas gift? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Oh, boy. Um, Yes. Yes. I got that. Oh, man. Boy. Everyone heard it on this podcast. Now it has to happen. You know who does have uh, those early Spider-Man comics is our friend Dan Black's dad. Dan Black's dad is a big Um, comic book guy and loves Steve Ditko and met Steve Ditko and has bought, I think, Amazing Fantasy 15 or Spider-Man number one, or maybe both. Would it be crazy for us to have Dan Black's dad on the podcast, but not our friend Dan Black? That would be funny for how mad it would make Dan. Um, Yeah, I don't think it'd be crazy. It might be worth it. I've met Dan Black's dad and he's super nice and, and he's a true blue Spidey fan. Even if it was just like a five, 10 minute interview amongst the podcast, that might be a fun thing to do. Uh, let's keep it in mind I want to do it just so our listeners know we never plan anything except for during the podcast I don't talk to Kevin so, Hines uh, at all except while we're yeah. recording the podcast yeah it was like maybe 30 seconds before and after each podcast where we hastily make plans <laughs> um uh, anyway let's get into the issue will yes yeah, so like like we said before this is a great one this is a, it's called Craven the hunter and um we start right on the right in the middle of an action sequence yeah spider-man is dangling in front of a window the splash page is once again part of the story even more so than last time Time. Not last time, uh, uh, two issues ago that I'm thinking of. Thinking of the Mysterio issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, Spidey's breaking up a bunch of thugs. Uh, doing a organizing a bank robbery. Yeah, he says there's a little, little law against organizing bank robbery gangs in this town. Let me take a moment. There's two things I want to talk about on this page that are not related to the story, and they're both Stan Lee things. So, yeah, yeah. first of all, Stan has like a big arrow pointing at Spidey, and one of his sort of like unnecessary hypes. Maybe it's I don't know if it's unnecessary or not, but he's like hyping up the story that we're already reading. Um, it's so funny. Yeah, it, yeah. hyping on the cover makes a little bit of sense. It doesn't really make sense in in the body of the story. Stanley's always selling, always be closing. Uh, I'm going to read it because I think it's so funny. For any of you who may have been living in another galaxy for the past two years, we'll explain that this is Spider-Man. And this is certainly the most exciting Spidey adventure we've ever presented since the last one. It's got villains, heroes, action, a mishmash of everything, and it's told in the Marvel manner. Nuff said. That's It's funny that he says Nuff said because it's never Nuff said. He always says more. Yeah, yeah, It's just how he ends sentences. He's like, oh, there's a little more space in this era. But you know what? I'm making fun of him. But as I read that, I got excited. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And the other thing I like here, at the bottom of the splash page, there's like these little credits. And it yeah. you know, says, written by Stan Lee, illustrated by Steve Ditko, lettered by Art Simic. And uh, that, that's been true pr- pretty much every issue. But now yeah. he's adding little jokes after it. So it yeah, says been like- a few issues where he's done this recently, <laughs> uh, and he's still doing it here. Written by Stan Lee, then in parentheses, because we couldn't afford Mickey Spillane, illustrated by Steve Ditko, because Picasso was out of town. Picasso, by the way, I think would be a terrible comic book artist. And then lettered by Art Simic because his name fits this space. That's I always when I was a kid, I loved those jokes, like making fun of the letterer. Yeah. It's always just sort of making the letterer just like, and this other guy. Though uh like I, I don't know, when I started reading comics, I feel like letterers and uh colorists, their names were just like not even shown. Yeah. Or they were shown, but like really small. Where so it's nice that the letterer gets such high praise. Yep. Uh What would a comic written by Mickey Spillane and drawn by Picasso be like? I mean, I I would definitely buy it. First of all, I think Mickey Spillane would be a great comic book writer. That doesn't surprise me at all. You know, lots of great plots and. uh, You know what? Picasso had a way of getting things done. Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have done the greatest comic ever. Well, now Stan Lee's just making me wish we had that. Um, Okay, but we're in the middle of Spidey breaking up a um, a bunch of thugs planning a bank robbery, which he does totally handily. Yeah. Uh, He has pre-webbed their door, so when they try to run away from him, they run into a web uh, wall. Yep. Um, But here's the thing, Kev. There's a twist. Even though Spidey has no problem breaking up this little get-together, one of the bank robbers jumps out the window when Spidey's not looking. Yeah, it looks like the third story. Uh, Yeah, second or third story. But uh, he lands on an awning below, and I guess that saved him. Uh, He jumps down on the sidewalk, and then he is enveloped in, like, a gas... Which changes the color of his clothes. Wait, what's going on to this guy? He's changing his look. It's strange. That reminds me of somebody from uh, maybe 14 issues ago. Hey, wait a minute. Do you think maybe this is... It could be the guy mentioned on the cover as a special guest star, the chameleon. It is. The other thing is this guy kind of, and right now when he's using this like gas to change his clothes, it looks like the question, which is a character that Steve Ditko either has made up or is about to make up for a non-Marvel company. I'm I'm not sure where the question is i think it might be later okay um but i don't, well, I looks don't know very, that for sure this looks very question like right here yeah Okay, so the chameleon's back. Yeah, so the chameleon gets and away because Spider-Man sees him on the street and goes, well, that guy is not the bank robber. He's wearing a different colored suit. We follow him back to his, like, lair, and the chameleon's drinking a big old glass of something. He's got a really fancy robe on. There's lots of plastic heads around to hold his disguises, I guess. Yeah, very it Game looks of, looks of Thrones. Yeah, it's like the Game of Thrones. A man knows when to return to Spider-Man. Uh, and so he's really upset that Spider-Man uh, defeated him and so he he knows he can't he just won't ever get away with any crime as long as spider mans still in the city so he's only got one option to bring in somebody we've never heard of before craven the hunter Yep. so he's calling for craven the hunter uh, to come take care of his spider-man problem there's a little phrase he uses here i'll send him a wire immediately and i used to love reading like old 60s comics and short stories and people would talk about sending wires and i was, I was always i was always like i want to send a wire have you ever done it never yeah, me neither don't, i don't know is that a telegram? Like, I don't even quite know what that I would that think means. it's a telegram, yeah. I mean, definitely when, in the era of email, I guess it makes less sense than it ever did before. Yeah, I hope there's no telegraph operators out there waiting for business. Um okay so we cut to the we cut to the Daily Bugle and J. Jonah Jameson and Betty Brandt are are uh all all uh, a kerfuffle what's the word I'm looking for kerfuffle uh, they're cuff- agitated I mean, they're yeah, yeah they're 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 in a do that's <laughs> uh yeah. yeah because they know that Craven's coming and they got to go cover it yeah there's a hubbub uh, and they bring Peter Parker hubbub, with that's them. what I'm looking for uh they bring Peter Parker with them because that's the only photographer we know about at the Daily Bugle and then uh, so they're going down to the docks where Craven's arriving from Africa and so we've got J Jonah James Jameson, Betty Brant, Peter in his bright blue suit. And then, of course, all of Peter's friends from high school who, as usual, are right on top of the latest crime yeah. news. The entire high school is here. Now, Liz Allen has fully fallen in love with Peter. Yeah, Liz Allen is in love with Peter, and she immediately starts talking to him and fixing his tie. She's real handsy. Yeah, she's all over him, and Peter doesn't ask for personal space. He just sort of, he he knows Betty's going to be mad, and he sort of just lets her do it. He tries to introduce her to Betty, or, hi, Liz, have you met Betty Brandt? And Betty Brandt has got full icicles on her speech balloon. Yeah. No, Peter, we haven't had the pleasure. Yeah, um, Uh, Betty is mad. Uh, she does not like this Liz Allen girl. Uh, and I get it. You know, actually, you know, Liz is in school with him. He sees her every day. Um, you know, Betty had to leave school early. So he's got more in common with Liz, maybe she thinks. Um, Liz Allen, we're told Liz Allen is, you know, the most beautiful girl in school. There's a reason she wouldn't. It's hard be for us jealous. to know because uh, Steve Ditko draws everybody kind of yeah. weird. Though uh, I don't love this whole jealousy plot line. I get very bored of it. I don't enjoy it. Um, really? No, I've mentioned this before. I think it just I know, but I, we haven't talked it just, about it. It doesn't make sense to me that it, it, it makes it seem like Peter and Betty just have never spoken before ever like that. She doesn't know that he likes her, <laughs> but we know they're dating. Right. We know he's not dating Liz Allen. You we, we can see how uncomfortable he is in these pictures. Uh, yeah. So the fact that she'd be mad about that, blame him. It seems very weird to me. Uh, and Jay Jonah Jameson's mad uh, at everybody. Uh, it's very funny. Like Liz Allen's all over him. That makes him awkward. Betty's mad at him. And then on top of that, Jay Jonah Jameson just yells at him. Yeah, I love this whole sequence. This like next few pages is really funny to me. Yeah, Peter just gets it from all angles. Yeah. So Jonah's mad because he's talking to girls instead of taking photographs of uh, Craven right now. And then Craven gets off the boat. Uh, yeah, here he shows up. He's a ridiculous looking villain. He's got yeah. um, a Freddie Mercury mustache. He's wearing, I guess, a lion's head. Head as a vest um <laughs> yeah he has like leopard pants like he looks like a 1980s hair metal lead singer um, yeah, he's got like tusks for uh belt containers he's super muscular uh his head is as square as a gas pump um, i mean under this vest he's got nothing it's just his skin just muscles baby bare chest so J.J. Jonah Jameson wants an interview, but Craven is not interested. That's right. But at that moment, uh, all the cages fall down and all the animal and a bunch of gorillas get loose and a bunch of snakes get loose. This is like the second time in like four issues that a bunch of wild animals have been set loose in New York City. Right. But last time Spider-Man had to stop them and this time Spider-Man barely has time to change. By the time he gets to the scene, Craven is already taking care of business. Disposed. Yep. He's throwing snakes in garbage cans. He's punching out apes. He's using chemicals. He's picking up a great ape and hurling him as if he was a beanbag. Yeah. And I guess these are animals that Craven brought with him. Yeah. People are really excited that he's rescuing them, but they're not being like, why'd you bring all these animals? Yeah. Uh, so Peter sees this, changes back into his Peter Parker gear. Uh To get back to the scene. Jonah is smiling because he knows Peter's taking some great photos. He goes, let's get back and have have them developed right now. Pictures. Oh, no. And all the excitement. I clean forgot to snap any. Yeah. And in that moment, Liz uh, fixes Peter's tie. Uh, Betty Brant really gives it to Peter in that moment. Yes, Petey, let her fix it for you. And then Flash Thompson threatens Peter Parker. Yeah, Liz, if you want Parker to get a fat lip, just keep it up. Like Peter Parker's doing nothing and he's just getting yelled at by everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter then apologizes to Jameson. Jameson says, get lost useless. <laughs> in that moment, then Craven says uh, why he's in town. He says, the most dangerous game in the world is man. And I shall hunt the most dangerous man of all. The one who calls himself Spider-Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> And Peter's right behind him looking totally shocked. Yeah, He's going to hunt me. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, all the high school kids leave. Betty Brant gives Peter the cold shoulder. Um, Jonah yells at Peter one more time. And then Peter gets yelled at by the guy sweeping up the street. It's so funny. Peter's like sitting on the side of the curb. Boy, when I used to read comic mag adventures of superheroes, I always dreamed about how great it would be if I could become one. It's great. All right. For everyone except Spider-Man on nuts. And then a janitor behind him is yelling at yeah, him. He goes, move it, bub. You're blocking progress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is so funny. Yeah, so like in like I, I love three it, pages, Peter's girlfriend's mad at him. His boss is mad at him. Uh, he's been threatened by the bully. Uh, he didn't get photographs. He's he's going to be hunted in his alter ego. And now he's getting like swept up in a pile of dust. It's great. So we cut back to the chameleon's lair and he and Craven are um, discussing about their plan to catch Spider-Man. Can we talk about the drinks that Chameleon Your has? Craven keeps pouring himself like drinks out of like I Dream of Genie bottles that are just smoking <laughs> and, they're, and they're just. <laughs> smoke coming off these beverages. <laughs> like, is he drinking just, like, pure, like, acid or, like, dry ice, or what does yeah, he have? I mean, it looks like what, like, you would draw for, like, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde potion. When I was a kid, I always assumed these were, like, rejuvenation potions or strength potions or something. I mean, I just thought that's what alcohol was. <laughs> um, okay, so we cut back to Spider-Man. He, it's at night, and he's, like, sort of carousing or not carousing. He's, like, swing <laughs> carousing is, like, he's partying. Yeah, he's having a, he's having yeah. a good time. He's he's in an Upper East Side Bar just parting it up. No, he's looking for a crime to break up. And also he needs pictures of Spider-Man doing stuff to please J. Jonah Jameson. Right. So he beats up some criminals. uh, And we find out that Kraven has set this up. To watch his prey in action. Yeah, he's watching from a nearby building. Um, I have no... F- I need have no fear. He will be a worthy foe. He has speed, skill, daring. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man's putting on a show. He's clinging to the wall. He's talking about his spider sense. <laughs> he's really revealing too much, maybe. Yeah, he's he's inadvertently giving a lot of data to Craven to hunt him. Uh, and also that gives us a nice little Steve Ditko action sequence, which yeah, is really, really I cool. love watching Spider-Man just take down like five guys at once. <sighs> So he takes, and as always, our bad guys are mid-40s dudes in fedoras and suits. Yeah, and even Spider-Man even reveals that he was just sort of playing around to get some good photos because he thinks to himself, might as well wrap it up now. My camera is taking all the pics I need. And then just knocks four guys out with one punch. Yeah. um, So he gets that, he swings away, and then he comes into... I guess his spider sense leads him to Craven the yeah. hunter, and he immediately confronts him because he knows Craven's hunting him, uh, and and asks him, "What's the angle, Mister? How come you're anti-Spider Man?" It's always good to yeah, ask he, the why. I mean, just direct. He's like, "What did I do?" Yeah, Craven just lays it on the line. I'm a hunter. Hunting is my entire life. But there were no more goals for me to strive for until I learned of you. You shall be my greatest triumph. And then grabs Spidey's leg. Yeah, and tosses him hard. Uh, punches him then, like in the shoulder. So he like, loses all strength and power in one arm. Yeah, this is a formidable villain. This, this is going to be the classic first battle that Spidey loses, which happens a lot. Yeah, I would say like when I think about Craven, I don't think of Craven as like a real threat to Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is way more powerful than him. But in this issue, I was like, oof, I... I was, he really gets them. Well, he's got a lot of tricks, right? Because yeah. he's got like poisonous potions that he injects Spider-Man with and um, he, he uses a lot of tools. Yeah, but he's just, well, he's one step ahead of Spider-Man for a lot of this issue. He's got the element of surprise in this issue too. Uh, but yeah, he definitely, he scratches uh, Spider-Man with a poison. Yeah, he takes one of the tusks off his belt and scratches Spidey with it and it like poisons him and he immediately starts becoming dizzy. And so Spidey has to get the heck out of there. Yeah, he runs off and uh, he hopes that he'll feel Feel better the next day. He goes home. He's dizzy. His hands start shaking. I yeah. mean, this is a nasty potion. And while this is happening, Craven's going and having another smoking drink. He pours him. Yeah, he's back at Chameleon's lair. Um, Chameleon's kind of like the ringleader here. He's not really directly participating in the crime, but he's helping Craven organize stuff. And his robe looks even bigger in this panel. Yeah, every time we cut to Chameleon, his robe is getting thicker and more lush. <laughs> So the next morning, Peter Parker, the dizziness is gone. He's just as agile and uh, strong as ever. He wakes up with one of his trademark somersaults out of bed. You know, his hands are still shaking. But now. his hands are st- his hands are still shaking. Yeah, that's bad for a web slinger. I, like, oh, but then the next panel, we get the introduction of who's someone who's going to be a pretty major yeah, character. So this is someday. the first mention we've had uh, who, we, she's not named in this issue, but we know that it's Mary Jane Watson that's being talked about. Yeah, it's just mi- our neighbor, Mrs. Watson, has a niece she wants you to meet. Uh, And she does not sell it well. Uh, You need to. You'll want a girl who make a good housewife. Someone like Missus Watson's niece. Make um, a good housewife. Yeah, and I mean, Peter's like sixteen. Yeah, getting married. He, I mean, he's the biggest nerd in school. From Aunt May's perspective, he's probably not kissed yeah. anybody. And if she knows about Betty, who she's met, I mean, he's dating uh, Betty Brant, who's very capable. I think she'd make a great housewife if she wanted to be one. I don't think she would. I think she'd want to be work. But uh, I think right. she, you know she'd be a great wife. Well, Aunt May's just trying to, you know, she, it's her sister or sister-in-law's kid, and she's trying yeah, to take yeah. care of this. So she guy. wants to set him up with this marriage Jean watson uh peter is not interested uh, but he he's got he can't say gotta, no he's being hunted yeah, he, he, right he can't now. say no to aunt may though so he's like i don't want to talk about it right now no. i'm more focused on my shaking hands and the man who's hunting me through the city right so um he gets to the daily bugle to drop off these pics he took and he he's all happy to see betty brant but she wants nothing yeah, she's to do still with sort of giving it to him for uh, letting liz allen fix for his tie um, but Peter's got bigger problems because in J. Jonah Jameson's office is yeah, Craven Craven's- the Hunter. As usual, our villain does not visit the mayor or any other dignitaries. Jay Jonah Jameson's office is yeah. where everybody goes. Uh, he's just hanging out there. Uh, and Jay Jonah, strangely, as a rare instance of, like, demanding that Craven stay legal. Yeah, that's right. Because um, he says he's hunting somebody, and that does kind of disturb everybody. They're like, uh, not really hunting, right? Like, you can't just yeah. hunt somebody. I mean, later on, Jonah, like... Funds spider slayer robots and super villains. I don't legality yeah. doesn't seem like a big deal for him when it comes to hunting Spider Man. But for this issue, it's got to be legal. He's really worried about it. Um. So I wanted to say something here. There's a so Craven leaves. jJ Jonah Jameson is not that impressed with Peter's pictures. Um. I want to say something here. We're on page 12, and this is panel five. This picture of Peter looks a lot like Dave Gibbons' Watchmen to me. Uh, Like, he looks very Night Owl, sort of. Yeah, I mean, Um, Night Owl is sort of a Blue Beetle knockoff, and Blue Beetle is definitely a Spider-Man relative. I see that. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and the Watchmen were all based on Ditko characters, so Dave Gibbons probably was looking through some Ditko stuff as he was coming up with his ideas for that comic. I'm gonna go I'm gonna say something here about Watchmen. I think it's good. Wow. Yeah. That is a hot take. Yeah. Blistering yeah. hot Alan take. Alan Morn Dave Gibbons Watchmen a twelve issue comic book series. I'd say is good. Wow. You're really going out on a yeah, limb with yeah. that, Kevin. Um, so Kevin, Peter is, I agree with you, by the way. I think Watchman is good. All right. All right. Um, That's two. Peter Parker at, hi, at high school, his twitching hands are getting him into trouble. He can't hold any test tubes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, dropping test tubes. I mean, first of all, these high school labs are amazing. Um, <laughs> they're the best equipped labs I've ever imagined. They're always doing very complicated experiments. in These high school, I did like three experiments in the entire four years I was in high school. I feel like. Yes. Spider-Man set up my expectations for high school labs way yeah. too high. Uh, he breaks. I love that when he drops the test tube, one of his like high school classmates goes, hey, what's with puny Parker? Yeah, they're so mean. The teacher lashes into him too. I'm surprised that you this, this teacher hates Peter. He, he's so mad at him all the time. He's his best student. Encourage this kid. And you better clean this mess up and be quick about Ugh. it. Ugh. Yes, sir, Mr. Warren. I'm sorry, sir. Don't. Look, he makes kids kids call him sir. I don't know. Mr. Warren's rough. Um, I love this next panel. The kids are all discussing Peter. Um, and of course, they're accusing him of being a coward. Because that's what everybody in this high school is constantly doing is accusing people of being cowards. Yeah. But this little exchange between Liz and unnamed female friend number yeah. one is... She tried, she's defending Peter, but her defense makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Flash Thompson, you've no right to talk about Peter that way. Anybody can be a loudmouth like you, but it takes brains to be smart. Yeah, it's not the yeah, that's a future CEO's uh, <laughs> talking there, Will, so maybe you just don't get it. Maybe I just don't get it. But it, it also um, sways female friend one. She goes, I agree with Liz <laughs> because... Peter's becoming a ladies yeah. man. I just also just love like, she doesn't need to be saying anything in that, that that second that her friend doesn't need to say anything, but Stanley has never seen a character that a word balloon wouldn't improve. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's totally true. Um, I love flash Thompson's words to Peter. in The next panel. Don't strain your eyes, Parker. I want them in good shape when I blacken them for you. It's both caring and <laughs> cruel. Uh, Peter's um, reading the bugle, which has a headline that says defeat of Spider-Man imminent I- imminent. Sorry. This defeat of Spider-Man imminent says Craven. <laughs> I mean, this newspaper is bad. This is a bad it's newspaper. Bad. It's just you like, know? Peter's it's too much Spider-Man. Peter's having a rough time. That's all I think. Um, okay. Spidey's next thing is he wants to get a tracer on Craven, but he can't use his webs because his hands yeah, are so, so he's shaking jumping out. from building to building right now. Um, and meanwhile, Craven at the chameleon's lair takes a final big "smoky drink," And gets ready for the for the final where, battle. While uh, Chameleon relaxes in his giant yellow robe. Um, so we see Spidey uh, approaching Central Park and he, with his spider sense, spots yeah. Craven. And Craven is just sort of taking a stroll right through the middle of Central Park. Um, and I guess I guess, like in these old Spidey comics, it pretty much always has to take place in New York. So Central Park, I guess, is the most wild place that Stan Lee has maybe ever been. Yeah, I mean, other than his brief trip to Florida and uh, Hollywood... Oh, yeah, I went to Philadelphia. I went to Philly, too. So he's been to a few locations. Um, But mostly, yeah, I I take it back. He's more well-traveled than I thought. But he's mostly a New York boy. And so he traces, uh, he's following Craven into the... Park, but he's not following Craven. He's following some sort of duplicate of Craven because the real Craven starts yeah, very following him. The Craven behind him is just smiling, smirking, really. How simple it was to bait the trap for my unwary game. No wonder Craven is the greatest hunter of all time. So he's thinking about himself in the third yeah, person. He is. I mean, he, he's a great hunter, but it, is, it does seem like he's poisoned Spider Man, like nerve damaged his arm. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's the same as like hunters who go into the African wild and use like an amazingly yeah, powerful but, gun but do they consider them you know small? To slay hunters? a tiger. Like, whoever invented yeah. that gun is the greatest hunter. But, you know, maybe Craven invented all these things he's using. So in that sense, he's doing yeah, pretty we good. Know. We don't know. He's getting it. He's yeah. getting it done. So he's following Spider-Man. And Spider-Man realizes too late that he's not following Craven. His spider sense is too calm. Uh, and then a net drops on him. And then um, it's a Craven trap. And the net totally encapsulates him. This is what we saw on the front cover. Him, yeah. him captured by a net. I, the, these next two panels, these next three panels, I think they don't make sense. but. I did think about them for years after reading. These panels definitely feel like. Maybe a little Ditko and Stanley had to sort of like felt he needed to like word his way out of it. So like Spidey's trapped in a net. Then we see a close up of a chain with a link snapping and then Spidey kind of grabbing a corner of the net. And then somehow a hole opens up in the net and he rolls out and there's a long explanation of what's going on, but which I actually think is cool. Um, He starts, he starts by talking about how a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So if just one of these threads in the net, is weak he can use that uh, to so he's exerting out. all this pressure against each section and then he finds it a small section which rifles back uh, so he can use that to like open up a big hole i mean i think he just like felt around the net yeah. and then like ripped uh, a hole And then there's a little right? note the sequence you have just witnessed took place in its entirety within the incredible short space of three and one half seconds Due to Spider-Man's combined power of quick thinking and rapid action, it's one of those moments that they do a lot, which is like they want to let you know that Spidey is not just supremely powered; he's supremely smart because of Parker's like brain, and he needs that brain to get out of things sometimes. And when I was a kid reading this, I fell for that hook and line and sinker. Words, I loved like Stanley's it. Stanley's looking at this like for five panels, he's under this net, and Craven doesn't do anything. I got to explain why. Yeah, yeah, and then he lets us know that an incredibly short amount of time has gone by. <laughs> this next panel is great. Craven yeah, is beaten. Or the other the Craven. Yeah, one Craven is, I guess the fake Craven is beating a drum and real Craven is holding two big bracelets. Yeah, the drum beating braces. looks silly. <laughs> just seems unnecessary. But Spidey seems to think that it's yeah, working. The drums Just enough to get these two bracelets, one on his hand and one on his leg, that are magnetized. Now Spider-Man is fighting so that his arm and his leg aren't like clamped together. Yeah, he's trying to use his strength to keep his leg and arm separate. And the drawing makes it look cool. So it's your normal Spidey jumping around, but now his leg and his arm are being pulled towards each other. It makes you sort of like weird- yeah, and dotted lines showing like the magnetic energy constantly pulling his arm towards his leg. Uh, it really works. Like this is where I'm reading this issue going, Oh man. Yeah. yeah, Craven is doing pretty well. Like uh his hands have the shakes, his arm you know, Spidey's hands have the shakes, his arm and his leg are now magnetized together. He if he gets too close to Craven, yeah. he'll get poisoned. Um Craven's thrown he's yeah. on the run. Craven has uh, him on the when run. We're at the top of you know, You can hear him wherever them. he goes. Just like a like a cat with a bell. Yeah, on and on page name. seventeen, you just start to see Spider Man hopping around and he's taking all his strength to kind of keep his arm and his leg apart. Um but then he he has has a uh, inspiration which is if he slathers these braces over with web fluid it will Uh, interrupt the the magnetic flow and he can okay yeah so they're still yanking towards each other and then he turns off the electricity in the park somehow through uh, some master wires that he found in the middle of the park yeah I walked around Central Park quite a bit when I lived there I never saw a master wire he's lived there his whole life turned off the power in uh, Central Park turned off the bell so now darkness so at least he has the advantage of being able to hide he finds one of the craven's Tackles him, but it's the chameleon. Once the he mask comes off, off, the yellow robe the appears chameleon. back on Craven. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He <laughs> Some wore of the robe, out. bare chested a second ago, but now he's back in his robe and immediately confesses what's been smart. going on to Spider-Man. Yeah, it gives up all his info. So chameleon's caught. Now we just have the real Craven. But now yeah. things are starting to turn on Craven. Uh, Spider-Man starts shining his spider light on him and tosses. Uh, the fake face that Chameleon was uh, wearing, which would unnerve me if my own face fell at my feet. Yeah, it, the, the art looks great here. We're in the dark. There's a red Spidey beam sort of uh, surrounding Craven, and then this like fleshy mask is thrown at his feet. Yeah, so Craven um, tries to like looking. run around to get into a spot where Spider-Man doesn't know where he is and Spider-Man stays on him the whole time. Did he ever get I the don't, Spidey I mean, tracer never on Kraven? Maybe I don't think he did. in mind he did and that's why this sequence happens and Stan Lee just doesn't talk about it. Because yeah. it looks like he's like following Pulling him around. Yeah. Uh, so Craven keeps escaping and then Spidey finds him again. That happens three or four times. Craven makes a last ditch effort. He hides in the dark around a rock and then yeah. lunges uh, at and Spiderman. And Spider Man just says, Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, it says it like that. I picture it kind of sassy. Kraven's trying to land one of his special nerve punches like to like what he did before to Spider-Man that eliminated his left arm. But now Spidey's dodging yeah. too well. Kraven's um, uh, mad at the mocking. Now he keeps tossing nets. Maybe a few too. Maybe he's relying on the nets a little too much. Uh, it's like his fourth net he throws at Spider-Man and it misses. Uh, yeah, too many nets. It does make a good parallel to Spidey's yeah. webs, though. They're sort of symmetrically opposed. Kraven uh, runs into the woods away. Now he's on the run. He runs away from Which Spider-Man. Which just how the right story started with the crook running into a huge web. Yeah, it's got a nice symmetry to it. Also, whenever Spider-Man yeah. catches a crook in he a gets web... He the key kinda, off of Craven, okay. so he can remove the bracelet uh, from his arm and his leg because it was really taking a lot of his strength away, pulling those apart for the whole fight. Yep, it's over. And Craven is caught. Spidey has won. Um, he takes some pictures of the arrest. He goes to the bugle. Jameson loves it. Betty is... Um, forgiven him and wants to go yeah, out again. She's she also very she's sees Peter smiling again and that sort of snaps her out of her jealousy. Uh, but Peter can't go out with Betty because he's agreed to Aunt May to go out with uh, Aunt, Was- Aunt Watson's niece. So she's heartbroken. She's like, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. You don't like me anymore. Peter's mad. He gets yeah, home. Mary headache. Jane is canceled. So she so Peter rushes and calls Betty Brandt. Uh, she hangs up. So he calls Liz Allen, but yeah. she's going up with say Flash Thompson. That's a no luck Cold beater. move, man. Betty hangs up on you and you call Liz Allen the girl she's jealous of. Yeah, he's yeah. a real dog in this situation. You're right. Issue. Peter's a snake. Uh, we see that uh, Craven and uh, the chameleon are not being. Put in jail because I guess they haven't done too much yeah, they're wrong. They're being deported. They're, they're being Russia, deported. Right? Uh, they're being. I mean, he hunts in Africa, uh, but I, I believe it was Craven, Africa, But I, I don't know. Uh, is a Russian? I believe they're both Russian. Uh, they're both Russian. Okay. Uh, I believe it. Criminals in the sixties. Uh, saying somebody's yeah, Russian definitely. is a good hey, way to say we're like we're like, very in evil. the Cold War here. Hey, Sergi, Sergei... Oh. Sur- sur- Sorry, how do you say Sergei? S- sur- what is it, Sergi? Um, Sergi. Sur- I don't Craven- know. sounds closer. <laughs> I love when they have a name that's yeah, like yeah. clearly a villain name, and then they work into yeah, yeah, a real yeah. name, like Victor Von Doom or whatever. Uh- our last panel is Spidey at the docks watching yeah. Craven of the um, Sail and you know he's feeling pretty good about that. Uh, actually, yeah, that's he doesn't a happy have a date, for but Spidey. He sold and some a great photos, issue. he caught the villain. Overall, things turned out pretty good, especially in a Peter Parker uh, life. Yeah, I think I'm ready. You ready to give out your awards? Okay, uh, my great. my, I'm going to give out. Let's go with best panel, best great. art. I have an interesting choice for you. It's page three, panel two, and it's just a close up of the chameleon scheming, and he's got a big old cigarette in the foreground. And that, all of his, like a weird great masks panel. in the background. Um, I noticed it when I was reading it, too. It really stands out to me. I think it's a great choice. I don't think it's an unusual choice at all. I think it's fantastic. Oh, cool. Well, what I like about it is, like, I feel like Ditko's art, it's always been great. But I do think in these stretches of comics, it's at a peak. And he's really, like, it's very stylized. It's, like, weird enough to be interesting, but it's still beautiful. So this panel that I'm picking has weird Ditko hands. You know, his hands are always so particular and deliberate. The smoke is flowing everywhere, and he's always good with, like, smoke and water stuff. Um, And it's creepy. I I just think it has a lot of atmosphere, and it's, like, Ditko really flexing um, some muscles. I like the close-ups. I mean, um, there has been a lot of great face close-ups I think just look really great. Uh, Even Craven has a few close-ups I think that are really good. uh i think it's because he often doesn't get to draw those details and he really i think spends time on those it seems like i'm gonna pick a oh, relatively fine, simple one your page 17 uh the very first panel this is where he's running with the uh magnetic manacles on craven's behind him i think this is just where i was reading the comic and i was like oh uh, this is tough craven's a tougher villain than i remember uh, and that panel sort of Panel one. Are you panel doing panel one. four or panel one uh, or panel it really two? Really sold it on me. Just like, okay, yeah. you can see the strain Spider-Man is uh, undergoing, trying to keep these manacles apart. Craven's right behind him. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of suspense for a for a. Yeah, immediately like you don't get villains show like the Green Goblin who can fly and Doc Ock who's got super strong arms. And this guy's just a hunter. It doesn't sound that tough, but like this panel, I'm like, yeah, he's a real threat. This guy belongs up here. Uh, what's your favorite? Um, Stan There's Lee a is moment where uh, let me find it. Here we go. On page 20, panel four, where Craven uh, runs off because he's losing this fight. And Spider-Man just screams, where are you going? The jail is in the yes. other direction. Yes, that's very funny. I love that, too. Um, it's so funny. My choice is also a Spider-Man joke. Um, page 21, the next page, panel two. Hmm. Now, what do I do with you? He's just captured Craven. So Craven's trapped in the web and Spidey's yeah. sitting in front of him and he's like stroking his chin. And he goes, hmm. Now, what do I do with you? You're too bad tempered to keep as a pet and much too old to adopt yeah i think also i love that his expression just holding his chin there sells it really well it's very it's a a real dick move but i think uh craven deserves it but just to sort of stand there for a moment going hmm uh stroking the chin is very funny just that um yeah I love it too. So yeah, we picked some Spidey jokes. Uh, what's your I think highlight? My highlight is—I uh, mean, I feel like it's so broad to say the the Central Park fight, but I think the manacles. I talk about—I've talked about them a lot already. I think that was a cool—a cool way to really make this a. Yep. Uh, a struggle for Spider-Man. I lo- I totally agree. I, that's I was going to say that too. Um, it's a cool way to hobble him so that it make makes Spidey weaker. It also looks cool. It's inventive. You can really feel it. You can like imagine that pull very well. That was a really it's a really cool yeah. idea. Uh, I'm going to uh, say the highlight is. Oh, go ahead. Uh, my highlight is a sequence you actually liked, which is um, the the opening or when Craven is arriving and everybody just craps on Peter in a row, ending with the so from like. Peter forgetting to take pictures... Through the janitor sweeping him off the curb, yeah, that's a highlight. That's like uh, seven panels. It's a, it's like a well orchestrated just pile yeah. it, on. It, everything on hits Peter. so fast and so quickly. Like he just went to take some photographs, yeah. and within seven panels, his life is in shambles. Yeah. It's a great setup, and it's really funny. And you know, Stan and Steve were great, and it's and it shows there. My lowlights gonna uh, what's be Betty Brant jealousy. Um, uh, There's like even a line where Peter says, "You know, I don't like being called PD." Like he kind of points out that like what liz is doing is not even peter parker's sort of thing uh and she i don't know i don't i hate that she's and i mean then later on when he he's got plans he doesn't give her a reason so she's like "Oh, i guess you don't like me anymore the stanley zero to 100 works so often but for relationships it just feels like too much i can see that i think that's a good way to express it um I don't have a big low light this is a very strong issue That's as far as I'm concerned issue. but um, uh, I would say uh, I, I think Aunt May is a little bit of a low light like I, I, I'm I, a splitting hairs here but she's a little too Aunt May for me like the whole like you'll be fragile and you got to get yeah, married I soon like, I don't know I, I like it when she's got a little I like more the stuff we're, we're picking our complaints only when everything else is really working yeah it didn't stand out to me like I really enjoyed it yeah this is a this really issue. strong issue I mean I think like last issue which was the Green Goblin which it's a really fun issue but I'll Obviously, it's a little silly with the Hollywood stuff. Um, and this issue is just solid again. Um, all right. Those are our, Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I guess we're on recommendations. Let's do it. So I'm going to recommend, oh, go ahead. Uh, Were you saying something? I don't have a recommendation this week. So I'm going to let you do. I'm going to recommend, um, this is a comic I love. Uh, it ended a while, a long while back now, but a hundred bullets is what I'm going to recommend. Uh, and this this is from basically when Vertigo, uh, maybe not that it's Heyday, but like the second half of like Vertigo's like strong era. Basically, after 100 Bullets ended, Vertigo was on its way out. Like, I think it was like the last one of the last strong books Vertigo had. And the premise of 100 Bullets, which is by Brian Israelio and Eduardo Riso, um, the premise is set up as somebody gives you a briefcase with a gun and 100 bullets, an absolute ironclad proof of the person who ruined your life. And they tell you, if you use this bullet, if you use these bullets in this gun, you won't go to jail. You won't get in trouble. You don't have to kill this person. Right. We're just giving you the way to do it and proof that you should do it. Uh, and that's the premise of it which is kind of a fun hook for like a a procedural i guess uh like do people do that what do they do with that sort of uh weirdly evil power but then very quickly the story starts getting into like what's the deal with this guy handing out the gun what's his real motives like why would he do this uh who are the people that are being given these opportunities and it becomes like this much more complicated interesting layered story that sort of like reveals piece by piece what's really going on it's one of these stories where you, like you flash back to like a, a big event a number of times where each time you see it, they reveal a little bit more information now that you've learned more. Uh This whole series is a hundred issues long Uh and it's great. I think it's a really great crime story. A hundred bullets, a hundred issues. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Uh, it's a great premise. It's a totally great premise and I just remember lots of people loving this this uh, series when it came out. Yeah, so. when it first started, I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. Um Like the procedural aspect, I get bored when it's just like case of the week type stuff. The art was so beautiful, though. I kept reading it. And then once they started revealing more, I was like, I'm all in on this. It became very interesting. It was clearly kind of very mapped out from the beginning. Like the stories obviously had some wiggle room, but the, the arc of the whole book definitely was not made up as he went along. this guy had a plan and it was great. Um, that's so cool. Great recommendation. Yeah. Uh, I'm still reading. I bought a bunch of new comics two weeks ago. I'm still reading through them. I read the Clint Barton Hawkeyes and the Kate Bishop Hawkeyes, but I have to move on. There's, they've both already been recommended in our show. So I have to move on to someone Yeah, one else. by you. That's right. Um... Uh, do we have any reader mail? Oh, we do. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. I think we got one piece of mail. We've also gotten some great tweets, uh, that I could read as well, but I'm not going to right now, uh, as well as Instagram okay. comments. Um, somebody tweeted at us uh, a video of somebody using like a Spider Man grappling hook, like that shot from your wrist that you could swing on. Oh, wow, uh, basically saying, Is this Spider Man news? And I was like, No, it's not news, <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> but it's, but it's cool. It's, yeah. It's Spider-Man related. Um, yeah. Uh, and so that's fun. They tweeted at screw it. Spidey is our Twitter handle. Screw it. Spidey is also our Instagram handle yes. and our email. Screw it. Spidey at Gmail, uh, which is how people get in touch with us. Um, so this guy wrote us, Sean Wenzel, Wenzel. Yeah. Sorry. not I put a T in there. Sean Wenzel emailed us and he says, I'm really enjoying your podcast each and every week. It's a must listen for me. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, uh, He loves that we do the breakdown panel by panel. We talk about that a lot. Like, we're not sure if we're going into too much just reading along with it. And yeah, we have trouble with knowing that, too. Uh, but he loves it. Uh, he goes, words uh-huh. don't do Steve Ditko's art justice, but your descriptions are really great in helping the listeners follow along with the fun, even if the issues are not in front of them. Uh, he hosts a podcast yeah. as yeah. well. So he has a little plug here and I'm going to I'll give it to him. It's called Hitting Play. Uh, They do breakdowns of single episodes of TV shows, movies, and other curiosities. Um, Nice. uh, But the main reason he emailed is because he wanted to talk about Carnage, um, which which I mentioned briefly when I was telling you what was going on with Norman Osborn. Yes. Uh, Carnage is basically a Venom-like monster. In 1993, there was this event called Maximum Carnage. (laughs) And uh, and I guess they did an episode of Hitting Play where they talk about this uh, story. Uh, And this storyline was crazy. It was like Carnage gathered like a team of like crazy supervillains and Spider-Man gathered like a team of his allies. And it was like super, it was a super long event. I remember it was way too long. I don't like Carnage already. The storyline I did not enjoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah he says it was a crossover spanning 14 issues over five titles oh my god it came with a, a, a line of action figures there was a video game based on it uh, There was a soundtrack by the band green jelly about it there were tv ads for this storyline they really were selling the storyline i found it oh my god bad again um but there was like this moment in it uh where that i remember i loved where uh Captain America showed up in it, and it was like just like little moment. Someone else mentioned this to me too. I thought it was in this email, and it is not. So someone else must have mentioned this too for some reason. Uh, but there's a moment in that story where Captain America shows up at the last minute, and Spider-Man like is completely defeated, and like puts his hand out for Spider-Man. And he's like, you know, I'm here to help you. And it was one of those moments I was reading. It's like, oh yeah, Captain America's cool. Yeah. Uh, because I hadn't really read any great Captain America comics, but he was like really great as this guy who just sort of showed up and like gave everyone confidence. Uh, That's like the only moment I really remembered liking from that storyline. His question to us, sorry, this is a lot of buildup for this. Is there a Spider-Man story from the lead Ditko era that you would want to see like over-promoted like this, like with video games and TV commercials and a soundtrack? What a fun question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have an answer. What do you think? Uh, I feel like it's our answer to every question that comes up like this the only one that really the stands saga. out is the master planner saga is like the yeah. best case my second pick would probably be the annual which is coming up now i guess yeah um there's there's a lot of great art in this annual yeah. so it'd be kind of fun to play like it. a splash page for each villain yeah it's only a one story so it's not like an arc but there's not really other than the master planner saga there's not really any arcs uh yeah like those are the two things that would stand out to me because like this is back. Marvel didn't do like events. Yeah, this is I mean, Secret Wars was like the first big one, right? Yeah. I mean, they definitely did longer storylines from here and there. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know when it is, but like the origin of do- uh, Doctor Strange goes through a whole thing where he becomes a Sorcerer Supreme or something. Uh, it's like really a long storyline. Uh, that's pretty early on because Ditko drew it. Um, you know, obviously the Galactus story is pretty big. But there right. wasn't a yes. ton of stuff that felt as epic as that. Yeah. So uh yeah, that'd be my pick. Master planner saga. Uh, I think you could you could maybe do it among the the Doctor Octopus two parter we just had. You could that you could maybe do that, but yeah. it'd be a stretch. I mean if you're gonna do a Dr. Doctor- octopus story you got to do master planner you're gonna do master planner yeah um all right great email thank you sean yeah thanks sean um and i do remember that carnage story because i was still re- i think r- shortly after that i stopped reading for a while because if that came out when he said which is 93 that's when i'm graduating high school and i bet i was like i'm done with this stuff <laughs> there was also like a story where they brought back peter's parents for a while and i was just losing interest in all this stuff right okay um uh, so this it, it sort of led into a break of me for com- for spider-man comics basically until on tall tales. Yeah, okay. Um well, uh I think we've hit all our segments, haven't we? I think so, yeah. Um Oh, here's one more we're... thing. I'm sorry, I got one more thing that's very important that you're going to love. Okay. Um this is on our Twitter handle uh, Nicholas De DiPetriolo De uh, I'm mangling names today He tweeted at us a Fancy Dan fact uh, well, What is it? So Fancy Dan is an enforcer uh, To our listeners who don't remember us raving about them In the two issues they've shown up in um, He talked about that I, I've forgotten about this But in an issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Issue 8 She goes on a bunch of dates And one of the dates she goes on Is with Fancy Dan <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have so a, squirrel girl. a Squirrel Girl. I got to read it. Yeah, Squirrel Girl, a Steve Ditko creation, goes on a date with Fancy Dan, the other, another, is it? <laughs> Uh, Steve Ditko creation. I don't remember <laughs> that happening. Uh, I, I, now I remember. I did not remember it when we have been talking about Fancy Dad in the past. Uh, it's just Squirrel Girl is a great comic and Fancy Dad is a hilarious character. Love it. Um, and I know we're going over, but I was looking at my Facebook statuses where they like tell you what you posted about this time years ago. Yes. And at some point I did like an ask me anything thread on Facebook and you asked me to rank my uh, favorite uh, Ditko villain uh okay uh and I ranked them uh I ranked Sandman number one Doc Ock was number two which now I feel like rereading them I'm like I'm crazy Doc Ock's number one okay uh but Sandman would be high up there and at the very the last ones I ranked were the Enforcers but then I wrote except for Fancy Dan who's the greatest villain of all times (laughs) uh I I guess I love Fancy Dan (laughs) I mean he's hard not to love (laughs) Um, Um, but that's it uh, well great episode Kevin Uh, come back next episode everybody we're gonna go over the Spider-Man annual number one yeah that's gonna be really exciting so uh, tune in then and uh, thanks for listening bye everybody screw it screw it we're just gonna talk about about Spider-Man campfire